everyone. My name is Kate. I have a podcast called Go Forth in Science, and I am Women Mind the Water's first ever guest host. It's also the first time I've guest hosted anything, and it's really quite exciting. Women Mind the Water is a series of interviews of women artists who use art to tell stories about the fresh water and the salt water that they love. This episode is about Karen Romano Young. She's an illustrator, an author, and an explorer. She dives in submarines, she wanders the poles, and she draws comics about the ocean. Women of Today I'm speaking with Karen Romano Young. Karen is a writer and illustrator who is passionate about combining art and science, particularly when it has to do with ocean science. In addition to having written nearly 30 science-oriented books for young people, she creates a weekly science comic called Antarctic Log. Karen has worked with expeditions that have explored a shipwreck, performed deep ocean research and mapping, and travel to Antarctica. Welcome, Karen. Let me start by asking about where you grew up and your journey to becoming an artist. Were you always interested in illustrating your world? I grew up in Fairfield, Connecticut and in Ocean City, Maryland. Um, and I was always drawing um, from the beginning. That was my favorite thing to do. Writing came a little bit later. So, which came first, your interest in art or in science? Well, the natural world is how I would define science. And um, I have a mother who loves the beach and would literally have us on the beach from 8 in the morning to 11 o'clock at night. And um, one of the very first things that I became aware of was the tides coming and going. Um, what changed on the beach, what changed in the air, what changed in the way that the water moved. Um, it was just something that we were expected to know. We were expected to know whether it was coming out, going in, you know, high tide, low tide, what was happening, um, what to hand, how to handle a riptide, um, as well as a consciousness of all the animals that lived on the beach, the different qualities of sand. Um, and, and that was in the summer. So tell me more about your work. How is it that rather than becoming a scientist or an artist, you found a way to merge the two? And how did you end up on such interesting expeditions? <laughs> You're asking a lot of different things. Um, initially, I started out um, really falling in love with books. Um, and our local library had a contest to create a cover for a book that already existed. I was six years old and I entered the contest. And the most exciting thing to me about the contest was not the artwork um, or even the books, but the idea that people created books. I don't think that before I was five years old, I knew where books came from that I, maybe they just, you know, were there. Um, but the idea that people drew them and, and wrote them, I just immediately said, this is what I want to do and set out um, to try to do that. That said, now there's a creative writing major. Now there are publishing degrees that you can get. Then it was kind of like, do you want to be a journalist? Do you want to be an English major? You know, there wasn't even a writing major. I wound up being an education major because education teaching meant that I could keep on studying all the subjects, which is what I've learned I really wanted to do. I didn't go into teaching, though. I went to work for Scholastic. 
um, and the classroom magazines. And we were doing all the news. It was like Time Magazine for kids. And I quickly realized that what I liked most was talking to scientists, that they were the people who were the most enthusiastic, um, genuinely childlike, awestruck by what they saw and did, and that they had incredible adventures. They went down to the bottom of the ocean in submarines. They went up to the Arctic ice and pounded through it in icebreakers, and they came back to tell the story and then to make new discoveries. And... I started trying to figure out how I could work more for them. And at the beginning, it was let me just write more stuff about them. Let me interview them more because they're so fun to talk to and write more about them. Um, And while I was working on a book about submarines, someone suggested that I talk to someone who was currently working with Submersible Alvin, which is our deepest going um, American submersible. And when I called that person to interview him for my book, he said, how would you like to help me with my education and outreach? Um, So getting the news of his science into the schools. Um, He had just begun a program and he needed assistance. Um, and sometimes things happen and a, a crazy door in the universe opens. One of my um, jobs for him was to populate a website that was all about the people who were going on his expedition, interview each of them and write it up. And when I got to the very last one, it was a graduate student who was supposed to be doing his shipboard outreach. And I just called to interview her and she said, I'm not going. And I said, well, he thinks you're going. It was two weeks out. And I called and said, she can't go, but I can go. <laughs> and I got to go because he was desperate for somebody who could could do all, you know, writing on different education levels and who could try to understand the science. I was not convinced, Pam, that I could understand the science. Um, I don't have a, much of a science background, but I did discover on that trip that I could learn pretty well on my feet and that if there were scientists along that you could always find someone who was willing to explain something to you. Um, And it has gone on from there. I've been on um, close to 10 expeditions at sea, including the Arctic ice, including Antarctica, and two dives in Alvin to the bottom of the deep sea, um, as well as the Galapagos Islands, uh, transit up to Southern California, and work with um, robot submarines from that ship. So it's been a really exciting time. Would you discuss one of your Antarctic Law comics to give a sense of what you do? And please describe it for those who are listening to an audio-only version. Yeah, um, I have, when I went to Palmer Station, um, Antarctica, which is one of the three U.S. research stations, it's a tiny one. And um, I was invited to go with one of the scientists that I had been um, studying the deep sea with, um, deep sea microbes. And it turned out he was interested in microbes that lived in lots of extreme conditions, including Antarctica. And we had had a good time on the ship um, translating the science stories of that. And he asked if I would um, apply for an Antarctic artist and writer's grant to go with him and his team um, to Antarctica and be his lab assistant going out and um, hunting for water (laughs) that had plankton in it, and then coming back to the lab and processing it. Um, I started off thinking that what I would do as my Antarctic Artist and Writers um, project for him would be a blog, but I decided I didn't want to just write a blog, um, that, that it seemed as though 
the trend for that had passed a little bit, but I wanted to do some kind of a journal and decided I would do a visual journal where I was drawing and writing at the same time. And it became Antarctic Log because I wanted to be able to share it digitally. Um, you can't do too much in print from Antarctica, but you can email things. And so I started off um, with the size of um, Instagram, six inches by six inches square. And uh, didn't really know what I was going to do, but the very first thing that had to happen was that I had to go get a blood test um, to physically qualify um, to begin this long physical qualification process to go to Antarctica. And while I was having my blood tested, um, the phlebotomist asked me some questions about the nature of climate change in Antarctica, and it turned into my first Antarctic blog comic. Um, now I think I'm going into week 183 after two different trips to Antarctica. Um, but one of the reasons that I wanted to do visual was because I am daunted by what I don't know about science. And I have realized over some of these trips that if I just sit on the deck of a ship somewhere or sit in a lab somewhere and draw, that not only will people warm to me, they don't always know what a communicator is doing along um, on the trip. So not only will they warm to me and come over, look over your shoulder, but you'll get a lot of information. And even if no one does that, I finish with a drawing that I can then go off and say, what is this? Can you explain this to me? Here's a picture of your instrument. Here's a picture of your, your robot. Here's a picture of, in this case, Palmer Station Research sta uh, Station. And the picture that I drew um, was from photographs taken from the back of our ship as it pulled up to this station, which just looks like a little town um, on a coast, except that it's backed up by a massive glacier. And it's the coast of Antarctica. And even as you're pulling in, big chunks of glacier are falling off into the water and calving into icebergs. Um, it's a very strange looking place, very remote there's only 47 people maximum at Palmer Station. So I began to draw it. I drew every building that I could see in my photographs. I drew all the, sh all the little boats, and I drew the glacier in the background, added animals. There are seals there, um, lots of birds, penguins. And then I went around the whole entire station to all the places that I had drawn and asked them what went on there. Um, so I found out everything. I found out what every antenna did, every tank was full of, every little shack held inside. Um, and this has become my way of learning my way around something. So what you see is the glacier and the ocean and a big rocky peninsula that is part of Anvers Island where Palmer Station is and then everything behind it. I um, created a poster out of this and then I made a comic from it by zooming in on the station and um, the comic is about the camera that is um, posted up at the top of the hill through which you can go online and see what's going on at Palmer Station, what the weather is, uh, whether the ship is in or not, what, you know, whether there are penguins or seals going around um, anytime and use that as the comic sort of follow up to Palmer Station after I had left to say, if you're missing all of the stories from Palmer Station, you can go back and look through this camera and check it out year round. So how is your art an expression of you as a person and your view of the world? Um, it's curious. It's rough edged. 
Um, I am not a trained artist, just like I'm not a trained scientist. I'm just a curious and interested person who has tried to do something out of um, out of the box, really. Um, artists identify with that. Scientists identify with that. They're often trying to do something outside the box as well. That's the nature of science is that they're reaching into the unknown. So am I. Um, it also really appeals to to kids who recognize when someone's trying to do something that they maybe don't feel that good at. I say in my comics frequently that my superpower is feeling dumb, not being dumb, but feeling dumb and having to get comfortable with that feeling in a room full of people who know more than I do. Um, That enables me to confidently ask questions and to recognize that I am increasing my own knowledge by doing so. So as an artist, how do you think your work can engage people in caring about the ocean? Um, Lots of different ways. I mean, just through the use of color and drawing, I can really show the beauty of things. I'm doing a series now in Antarctic log called A Polar Whale. And literally every week, I'm focusing on a different whale that migrates um, to and from either the Arctic or Antarctic. Um, You know, if 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 you look up photographs of whales... You can't see that much. It's, it's hard to see. Things are shadowy. The water's in the way. Part of the whale might be under the water or out of the water if you're doing an underwater shot. But with a drawing, I can really show everything clearly. I can, I can alter the light. I can zoom in on details and really show you all the different um, makings of the whale. And I think that it's, um, it's also a way to open doors to higher level science because there's a picture there, so it's engaging and it pulls you in and it shows you what it, what the story is about, even if you haven't read a single word yet. So it's letting you in the door in a lot of ways. I have been speaking with Karen Roman Young for the Women Mind the Water podcast series. The series can be viewed on womenmindthewater.com. An audio-only version of this podcast is available on the Women Mind the Water website and on iTunes. This is Pam Parasolson. Thank you for listening. If you want to learn more about Karen, you can visit her website, karenromanoyoung.com. If you want to see more of the work that I do, you can go to goforthandscience.com. And last, but certainly not least, make sure you follow Women Mind the Water on social media, and you can go to womenmindthewater.com to find more interviews from awesome women who love the ocean.